This Valentine's Day, Dunkin's got the perfect pairings to show your love. So get down on one knee with a dozen brownie batter donuts and a cocoa mocha signature latte. Or make them swoon with a strawberry dragon fruit Dunkin' refresher with a Cupid's Choice Donut. Are you ready for love? America runs on Dunkin'. Price and participation may vary. Limited time offer. Hello and welcome to the DIY Investing Podcast. My name is Trey Henniger and I'm your host. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast to get more great investing content. And if you're listening on YouTube, hit that like button on this video. Any other platform, your five-star rating and review are a great way to support the show. Thank you for your support. So I have reached 100 episodes. And so today's episode is a special edition. And the focus of today's episode will be reflecting on my thoughts, my opinions, and how things have gone over the past 100 episodes. If you are looking for investing-focused content for specifically how to become a better investor and those sorts of things, subscribe to the podcast. But today's podcast is not going to be as educational in nature. It's going to be more philosophical. It's going to be more my thoughts and reflections as I think back on how this podcast has gone, um, what I've learned from creating the podcast over the last 100 episodes, um, what I want to do better, kind of where things have gone that maybe haven't met my vision, um, and basically just you know, kind of a stream of consciousness thoughts on how this has gone. So I have a little bit of a show notes, but basically it's going to be just me reflecting on having hosted now a hundred episodes of the DIY investing podcast. And as I look forward into the future, what I really think is going to happen with the show, how I feel about it today and kind of put a, you know, a timestamp on some of my thoughts as of this moment, 100 episodes in. So again, you know, feel free to skip this episode if that doesn't sound interesting to you. Uh, I'll be back with episode 101 with more investing-focused content. Um, But for episode 100, this is our special edition. Um, I've seen this done with other podcasts where you kind of talk in more of a meta sense about the podcast itself. And so that's what I want to do with episode 100. The first thing I want to communicate about today's show is that I want to hear from you, my investing audience. Um, I think one of the things that is really difficult as a podcaster is that it is not a format that is easily attuned for getting feedback from the audience. So if you take nothing else away from today's show, if you don't want to listen to it any further at all, what I'd really like is if you could send me an email to Trey at DIYinvesting.org. That's T-R-E-Y at DIYinvesting.org. And just tell me what you think. Tell me what your thoughts are on the podcast. Maybe respond to some of the things I talk about in the show, Um, my vision, um, any number of things. I'm going to mention a few different times in this show, kind of, you know, asking for your feedback, asking for your thoughts. Um asking you to email me if you fit into certain categories. Um, so that's my main thing today is consider sending me an email, consider sending me encouragement, consider sending me basically anything you'd like to share. Um, because the way that this format works is it's very one way. 
you know, I sit here in front of a microphone and I talk about investing. I talk about concepts, um, educational concepts, and there's no interaction with my audience and there's no feedback. If I were to do this same thing, if I were to say, you know, do the same sort of 30 minute speech in front of a live audience, it'd be very different. You know, if I was sitting in, a, in an amphitheater giving a speech, I could see my audience, I could see you, I could talk to you, I could shake your hand after the show. Um, but that's not the format we have here. And so it's just a little different. And it's odd when you sit in front of a microphone and you know there will be people listening or you hope there will be people listening, but you don't know how long they listen. Um, I could have, for all I know, lost you know 10% of you or half of you already this far into the show, four minutes in. And so that lack of interaction and that lack of instant feedback is difficult. And I think it's the hardest part of this medium. You know, in comparison, you have something like a blog post where people can leave a comment and they can instantly say, yes, you know, I agree or I disagree or you're so stupid or that was really insightful. Um, even something like Twitter where you can get instant feedback through a like or through, you know, sharing or comments gives you more of that connection to the audience. But the podcast format in itself misses that connection. So I want to hear from you. I want to hear from my audience. Um, whether you've reached out to me multiple times in the past or you've never reached out to me before, um, I'd love to hear from you. So send me an email, trey at diyinvesting.org. Um, maybe you'll have some thoughts of what you might want to say already. Maybe you'll get some thoughts from listening more to this show. So I've completed now 100 episodes, or I will have once this episode is complete. And I think that's it's a really interesting accomplishment. So I, I started this podcast more than two years ago, but it's really been most of the last two years for 2019 and 2020 where this podcast has really taken off and it's grown and I built the discipline to publish an episode each and every week, um, which is important. I think there's a, a lot of you, at least statistically, it shows that if I did not publish on a weekly basis, you wouldn't listen to this show. You wouldn't have subscribed to the show. Um, there's an expectation in the podcasting world to have a regular publishing schedule. And the most popular and common one is something like a weekly podcast. So if we have 52 weeks in a year at around 100 episodes, we're talking about two straight years of pretty solid work and effort on my part to hopefully provide value, educational content that can help you become a better investor. Um, and it's been my goal to educate others on how to invest as if I was my own target audience. You know, one of the things I ta- want to talk about today is my vision for the show. Um, yeah, I had a lot of ideas of what I wanted to do in the beginning. Some of those have changed, but most of them have stayed the same. And that's really the first piece is my vision for the show was to f- to provide an educational platform so that I could teach others my thoughts about investing as I'm learning it, but basically provide the tool and the platform that I would want to listen to as an investor, whether I'm a beginning investor and an intermediate investor and advanced, I wanted to mix in the concepts that I found interesting. So basically what I do 
as I'm out there trying to teach myself and educate myself and I'm learning and growing and, and investing my own money. And then I'm providing the thoughts and insights that I have and I'm trying to translate them into a podcast episode each and every week. Sometimes those episodes are, are recorded every week, once a week. Sometimes I record those episodes three in a single day because I'm trying to back up um, a backlog because I have some some work coming up or something along those lines. But I'm trying to, as I get insights, as I develop thoughts that I think are going to be of interest, I want to provide them to you so that you could kind of grow as an investor yourself. One of the things that I want this podcast to do, and I've wanted to for a long time, is I want to build a network of fellow investors. I want to meet other investors who have similar interest in investing that I do, and I want to grow that network because I think that networking will both help me become a better investor, it will help me to achieve some of my investing goals, but I think it will also help me you know, add to those investors' lives as well, help them become better investors, and we can all work and grow together. Um, I think in large part, uh, this has been developing positively, but, but especially this last 12 months has grown, um, very positively in that regard. Um, I've had investors reach out to me. It's good to talk to other investors. We talk stocks, we talk different ways of managing, comp, uh, managing our portfolios. And of course you've, you've listened to some of those conversations as I can bring people on the podcast and in interview format. I don't like doing interviews as my sole format because I think that's the standard format that's out there. It's not that it's a bad format, but I think if your whole podcast is interviews, you lose something. You lose the ongoing evergreen focus or narrative. Because what I want with this podcast is that every episode, as much as possible, is worth listening to multiple times or worth listening to at any point in the future. What I don't want is to publish an episode in 2019 or 2020 that would be completely useless to an investor in 2025 or 2030. I don't want to talk about the news of the day. I don't want to talk about what markets are doing this week. I want to talk about the information that is evergreen, eternally useful, and that can allow investors to learn about investing, whether they are um, alive in 2020 or alive in 2050 or alive in 2080. And so I want to talk about those ongoing useful concepts. And this idea is again around growing and developing as an investor myself. But there's other pieces of this vision that I've wanted this podcast to open up for me as well. So one of the investors that I have learned a lot from myself, um, and who have always admired the path that he took was Joshua Kinnon. So Joshua Kinnon has a blog, um, now a personal blog, but uh, and he doesn't post much anymore, but his website at joshuakinnon.com was one of the websites I used to learn and grow as an investor myself um, over the last decade, um, especially when he post, posted a lot more frequently about five years ago and more. Um and one of the things that I thought was most interesting about his path was he would blog about investing, he would document his ideas and his thoughts, and then over time, he developed a pretty big audience, he developed a following, and has since used that following and used 
the basically marketing, which his website and blog created, to launch his own investment management business. And I've always liked that process and that path that he took and wanted to follow in that same footsteps. So I don't currently work in the financial industry. I've talked about that before on the podcast. You know, I, I have a, an engineering background. Um, you'll have recently listened to the episode talking about how I think engineers um, can make good investors and, and some of the mental models that go around that. But one of my goals with this show is to provide a marketing platform for my investing process with the idea being that I can organically attract clients who may be interested in me managing their money in the future. Um, for me being their portfolio manager to help invest the money for them in case they don't want to do it for themselves. And so I think I don't know how successful that's going to be. I've yet to have anyone reach out to me that would be interested in a service like that, having me manage, uh, you know, an individually managed account or something like that. But that is where I like this show to eventually take me. Um, that I'm trying to build not only an educational platform, but also build for myself, you know, a business that I can build out and have other investors who would want to outsource either some of their time or some of their money to me to manage for them. Um, either with the idea being this podcast is a way of communicating my ideas. It's a way of communicating the methodology that I use to make my own investments. And I think if you were to have listened to all of my hundred episodes and you listen to the next hundred episodes of me and you sit here and you've been listening to me for one year, two years, three years, four years, five years, at some point you will have gained a very comfortable understanding of my investment process and a strong understanding that would allow you to be comfortable with me managing your money in a way that you necessarily wouldn't with your average financial advisor on the street. You see, I don't have any plans to be a financial advisor in the sense of that that word is commonly used, where you you know you advise on all sorts of different parts of people's lives, you know, aspects of their um, you know, what their insurance plan should be, what their retirement plan should be, what their savings plan should be, and all those sorts of things. I don't have any interest in that. I do have an interest in managing portfolios and being an investment manager. That's what I do with my own portfolio. I manage my own personal portfolio and I you know, choose what stocks to buy, um, choose what allocations to make, when to buy, when to sell, do the investing research. And all of that research is very interesting to me. And all of the process of building a portfolio and the theory and the practice and everything involved with it's very interesting to me. And I enjoy doing that. So what this podcast allows me to do is communicate with you, my audience, how I think about investments. And I think properly executed, and, and you'll have to let me know your feedback on, on how I do at this, that will allow you a level of insight and comfort with my process that you wouldn't get from the average person um, out there on the street.
the average investing manager and the average financial advisor does not have a podcast where at once a week, every week, they're discussing some aspect of their portfolio management style or thoughts or communicating in some way about how they manage money. And so I think in the long term, if not so far in the short term, this would provide me with a platform that really would allow me to connect closely with clients and potentially give me a competitive advantage in that way as a marketing platform. With that said, you know, I'm not currently managing investment money professionally, but that is one of my plans for the future. So if that is something that's ever of interest to you, um, you can contact me directly again with my email, trey at diyinvesting.org. Um, Legally, you're not allowed to discuss any more details than that on a public platform like this. But if you'd like more information and you want to discuss with me in more detail um, your particular interests, your specific goals and stuff and that sort of thing, um, you're welcome to reach out to me directly. Um, but besides that, that's that's the only... I can only speak in broad terms on a platform like this. So what I try to do with this podcast, though, is provide you that insight that would be valuable to you. You know, how do I invest? What are my lessons that I learned? That I, learn? I want to communicate my failures, and I need to do more of that. Um, I got good feedback in the past talking about a previous investment failure that I had. Um, and I have more podcasts that I'd like to do on that, especially as I sell out of stocks. I want to communicate how they went, what my thoughts are, what my lessons learned, that sort of thing. Um, but basically part of what this podcast intends to be is, is, is intends to be a business. You know, I'm documenting my thoughts, but I'm also preparing myself, um, to connect with enough other investors, to connect with another enough potential clients, to build out a business either in one of two ways, either managing investment money directly or in some sort of educational business where I'm producing content, I'm producing investment courses, I'm producing blog posts, um, investment research, something that people would like to subscribe to and provide me with money so that I could do it in more of a full-time capacity. Right now with this podcast, it's done part-time. It's done in spare hours and I work hard to produce a high quality show once a week but that takes up a lot of time and it's time that while I maintain a full-time job outside of this podcast and outside of investing, there's a limit to what I can do with this platform. And I'd like to, in the long term, be able to do this on a full-time basis where I'm able to provide much more content, um, more valuable and concise ideas along courses, how to invest, all sorts of stuff in terms of like paid content where I can provide that additional value. So again, yeah, that's one of the areas where I could use feedback on, you know, how am I providing value to you? Is this podcast useful? I assume if you've been listening to it and you're a subscriber, you find it useful. Um, but how has it been useful to you? What are the things you like? What are the things you don't like? Again, you can email me, Trey at DIYinvesting.org. So that's kind of how my vision for this show. So as I think about the show, though, you know, I want to reflect on how that's gone so far. So we're, we're two years in with 100 episodes, and 
in some ways, the, the show has been quite successful along towards my goals, specifically helping to start build a network for other investors um, and kind of growing as an investor myself. But in other ways, it's been a little more disappointing. So my audience size is not as large as I'd like to be. Um, I've yet to attract anyone that has been interested, at least reach in a form that reaches out to me about um, as a potential client or something along those lines for an investment management type thing. And the show continues to be a significant drain on my time. And it also costs me money on a monthly basis in order to produce the show. Um, the technology that I use, the different resources that I use to support it, and then paying for all the bandwidth and everything for the download. So, of course, this show is free and provided free to all the listeners. Um, and, and at least so far, you know, there's no ads associated with it. So you get an ad-free experience at no um, monetary cost to you. Basically, the cost to you for listening to this podcast is the time you choose to contribute to it. Um, and everyone's time is valuable. And so I try and provide value that, that matches up with that time. But when I think about how this works out, um, I think the best way is really to kind of talk about some of the statistics I see and some of how the math works on it in the background. And so we're going to give a little back, um, behind the scenes look, um, into how the podcast is doing. Because these are the numbers that I look at and I think about when I'm trying to think, well, you know, am I getting enough value out of producing this content? Because it costs me time and money to produce it. Um, and at least so far, it's been um, an ongoing cost to produce this content. And I've not seen a significant amount of return from doing so. So let's talk about some of those details. So I would say the podcast on the whole is a small but moderately successful podcast. So one of the ways in which podcasts are evaluated for their success is their number of listeners about a month after their release. And if we think about some data that I believe originates with uh, Libsyn, my podcast host, um, if you have more than 136 downloads, then you're in the top 50% of podcasts. If you have more than 1,100 downloads, you're in the top 20% of podcasts. More than 3,200 downloads, you're in the top 10% of podcasts. And more than 7,700 downloads, you're in the top 5% of podcasts. Now, this is per episode, not total downloads. But if a single episode, about 30 days after release... Um, you have 7,700 downloads that would put you in the top 5% of podcasts. So how do I compare to that? So the DIY investing podcast as of, you know, October, 2020, when we're talking about this has about 650 listeners on average a month after release. So that's pretty good. Um, it's good when you think about the fact in terms that people can more relate to, you know, 650 people, if you were all listening to me on, you know, a college campus auditorium that could fill an entire classroom auditorium with 650 people, if I was to give, you know, a 30 minute speech or a 30 minute lecture as a professor, 
Um, basically, that's enough listeners to completely fill the auditorium. Um, so in, in, when you put it in that terms, that's pretty successful. But and it, it's it's means I'm in the top fifty percent of podcasts. But I'm still not in, let's say, the top twenty percent, which would require eleven hundred downloads or something. On the other hand, six hundred and fifty is low in terms of where the podcast needs to be for it to be successful um, and provide a return on the investment that I'm putting in to produce it. Um, you know, so these breakdowns, the top 10% of podcasts would be about 3,200 downloads and 7,700 downloads would be about top 5%. Well, that top 5% range is about where I aim to be in the medium term. You see, as a general goal for podcasts, you need about 5,000 regular listeners in order for me to monetize and offset my costs. And so at 650 listeners, we're talking about 10x my current size. I mean, maybe it's more, you know, more specifically, it's like 8x my current size. Um, But I need to go from about 650 listeners to somewhere in the range of 5,000 plus in order to justify the ongoing expense that I put into the podcast um, because that would allow me to use some advertising to offset the costs that I incur um, and to provide some sort of um, compensation for the time that I'm putting in to produce this free educational content. So I, I like providing the value. I like doing so. But when I think about the amount of time that I put into it, it becomes hard to justify how long I could continue to do this without seeing growth to the point that would allow me to get some sort of return out of it. So now, I mean, that's based upon, you know, advertising, but the idea is that, you know, there's other things built into that as well. If I was to have, you know, a successful investment management type business, then I'd be looking for a number of clients somewhere in the range of maybe 10, 50, or 100. Well, if I had 5,000 regular listeners, maybe 1% of those listeners would be interested in some sort of relationship along those lines. Maybe it's maybe it's less than 1%. But if I had 1% of 5,000, then that's about 50 potential clients or something along those lines. So whether... We're talking the potential for being able to um, have some advertising to offset my costs, or the potential to potentially um, launch it as more of a side bit as a business um, that provides revenue through the form of um, through the form of investment management services and portfolio management services like um, single managed, you know, one on one managed accounts. 5,000 listeners is kind of where I need to get to. Um, Now, I think there's certainly things that I could do to increase my listenership, but in a lot of ways that might, that would drastically change, I think, the show. You know, if I, if I came, if I changed from a purely educational podcast to one that had weekly interviews, um, I think my, my listeners would increase because those tend to be more popular. The The most popular investing podcast 
usually are weekly interviews. Every week there's a different interview, and, and that works well in terms of promoting a show because every time you bring on an interview guest, that guest tends to promote your, your show, and, and you pick up a few subscribers from each guest you have. So if you have guests every week or multiple guests a week, then you're going to grow faster than a show like mine that has fewer guests and focuses more on the one-on-one education. Well, I think that education is important, and I think it's one of the things that sets me apart. So uh, it, it's just tough when we think about what that means for the show, both over the last 100 episodes and the next 100 episodes. So I'm, I'm happy with the 650 listeners, and I value each and every one of you who spends your time listening to me on a weekly basis. I'm honored for the time that you choose to dedicate to me, and, it, and in some ways, it's surprising and honoring to me that you may be still be listening 27 minutes into this episode, even though you know it's not particularly focused on investing. So I appreciate those of you who are still listening to the show. And again, you know, if you have any thoughts on this stuff, you know, just, I'd love to hear from you. Send me an email, Trey at DIYinvesting.org. Even if it's just encouragement, that encouragement's helpful when it'd be good to know, you know, I'm helping people. Um, because like I said, it's a hard medium to really wrap your head around when it's really one directional. You know, I sit in front of a microphone and I'm, and I'm talking into a mic and I don't have that one-to-one in-person contact with each of you. So that's a little bit about size of the audience. Um, for, for some of you listening, that might size audience might seem really large. Um, and some of you listening, there's, there's a lot, certainly other episode podcasts you may listen to with a substantially larger audience. Um, so again, I'm happy with the audience I have, but I'd like to continue growing it in order to reach the goals that I have for this show and where I'd want to see, um, my place in the investing world going forward. But that brings me to a very important point and that's, and that's patrons. Um, you know, patrons are this idea, and it comes from the idea of having historically had patrons of the arts, where people would patronize those that produce arts and support them in being able to produce their artwork for the world because they found value in it. And historically, you needed patrons in order to produce artistic work because the direct value wasn't as clear as making food or making working in a factory or working in some sort of, um, non-artistic, um, expression. Well, well, podcasting in some ways is like that, um, producing an artwork or painting or something along those lines, because there's a separation between the value that I'm producing and the one, the money I charge, but also the, um, ability for me to charge money for it. Um, So it's not as directly clear that when I produce value by educating someone in some way or providing an idea that allows someone to make a good investment, there's a big distraction and disconnect between the value that I might produce um, for you from the education I provide and my ability to monetize that and, you know, feed my family or, or pay for my servers that are using to produce this content or the microphone and different things I have involved with all of that technology. Um, but I do have a patron program. Again, you can become a patron at DIYinvesting.org slash patron. That's P-A-T-R-O-N. And this program is set up very simply. 
anyone who's gaining value from the content of my show can support me in supporting and producing the show. And, and, and basically this is a gift to help me continue to produce the content. And basically I, I see each and everyone who chooses to produce support the show as a patron as saying, thank you each and every month say, Hey, we appreciate the work that you're doing. Now I have different tiers of my patronage program where you can support me at three different levels, whether that's $5 a month, $10 a month, or $25 a month. Um, and I provide some bonuses to those who produce, who support me at those levels. And those bonuses generally have to do about my investing research. Um, $5 a month gets access to any quality reports that I produce on my my show. I mean, on my website, um, $10 a month gets access to any intrinsic value reports that I publish on my website and $25 a month gets access to um, anything that I post about my specific investing portfolio, um, updates, what I'm buying, what I'm selling, um, and my general thoughts about anything other than those two different types of reports. Um, these reports that I produce aren't meant to be... <sighs> compensation for the money, you know, or they aren't meant to be basically a, a product that's being sold in return for the patron. It's, it's simply meant as a bonus and a thank you um, for the patrons that I have. So basically I'm not posting on any specific schedule. Um, my, my general goal is to produce this podcast once a week. And the bonus goal is to publish research when I have research complete. So that might be, I might publish once in a month, I might publish three times in a month, or I might publish once every quarter. Um, it's just going to depend upon when I have time to do some investing research and then when I have time to write that down and publish it in a format that I think is helpful to others. Um, I consider the investing research I do valuable, and that's why I keep it private because when I come upon a good investing idea, um, and especially if I'm putting my own money into it, I plan to make hundreds, thousands, tens of thousands of dollars from my investing ideas. And I think if you are striving to be a good investor, then and you know enough to capitalize on good ideas, then I think you can also get a lot of value from it. So it's not meant to be a product where you're buying. Um, the patrons aren't, in my eyes, buying those products. What they're doing is they're supporting me and supporting the show. But I like to share my research with my patrons as a, basically a reward um, and thank you for for supporting me with the show that I do. So I currently have five patrons and I and I absolutely thankful for each and every one of you. Um, so thank you for supporting me. Um, and those patrons are very helpful in offsetting uh, a lot of the technology costs that I have on a monthly basis um, to produce the show. But, it, you know, even with the five patrons, I still don't match the costs that I have on the show. I'd like to grow that patronage program. And so if, if you think that I'm providing value to you on this show, um, maybe that's one thing you consider doing. Consider joining the patronage program. That's DIYinvesting.org slash patron. I don't think it's super expensive in terms of the value that I'm producing. So if you think about, you know, $5 a month is about a dollar to a dollar and 25 cents per show because I produce about four to five shows a month. Um, $10 a, 
a month is is two dollars per show, and twenty five dollars a month is is five dollars per show. So you know, think about the amount of value that the average episode you listen to is worth. Um, you know, what's thirty minutes of of education worth to you? And you know, if it's if it's not worth a lot, then then fine. You know, um, if it but if it's worth a lot, then and you and you want me to continue producing this content, um, I'd like you to just consider supporting the show and, and becoming a patron. That support's really helpful to me. It gives me the best feedback that I can get that I am producing value to you. Um, and I definitely take any feedback from my patrons into account um, as heavily, heavily, especially compared to the ones that, because they're paying me and they're, and so if you're paying me, you're going to have, you know, a lot, your feedback's a lot more important than the people who, who choose not to pay me. So I appreciate my patrons helping support the show. And, um, you know, as investors, I realize I'm talking about a concept in which every dollar that you save in some form or another is a dollar you could be investing. So I understand that any dollar you choose to support the patronage program is a dollar you're not investing. So I want to make sure I'm providing value to you. And I don't want you to, to, to support the patronage program if you can't do so and it would hurt you financially. But I hope that I'm providing enough value to justify that. Um, you know, I, ideally I'm providing, you know, $10 in value for every dollar you may support in a patronage program. And I think, you know, if you take away the right things from this program, I think that's quite possible. Um, I think those who really learn and understand investing have the potential to become, to become massively wealthy over time. I think the concepts that I discuss in this show really can help you achieve your financial goals in life. And so if, if I'm successful in that, I mean, we could be talking about the difference on how you're basically helping people become millionaires. And I think there's value in that. Now, it's really hard to quantify that value, and that's the difficulty, and that's why the patron program exists. I basically say, you know, I'm, I'm producing this podcast and I send it out for free, but I hope that if, if it is providing value that you'll consider um, joining the patronage program. And if it's not, um, or if it's providing enough value, but not enough to pay for then that's also good information. So like I said, either way, um, whether you choose to become a patron or not, um, I appreciate any feedback you want to give me. So, so just send me an email, Trey at DIYinvesting.org. Give me that feedback. How can I make the show better? Um, what would, you know, stop you from joining the patron program? What, what, what attracts you to it? You know, how can I, what can I do to make the, the show better? What can I do to provide more value? Um, what types of shows do you want to see? Any, anything along those lines will help me do a better job with this podcast. You know, at the end of the day, my goal is to provide value to my audience. You know, I talked about some of my vision earlier, but if I'm not providing value to my audience, then, then nothing in my vision is going to be successful. So I know I'm providing value certainly to some of you in the audience, and I hope I'm providing value to all of you. Um, and I think if I do provide a lot of value to my audience, then eventually my show will grow to achieve the sizes that I want to reach because hopefully I provide that value. You continue to listen. Maybe you share it with your peers. Maybe you share it with friends, family, and, and I grow organically over time. Um, but that's my goal. I want to provide value to the audience. 
and I hope that that I am. And if I'm not, you know, I, I don't want to waste your time either. So that's good feedback for me to have, and and feel free to tell me that. You know, one other stat that's that I think is interesting that I think about is how many Twitter followers I have. Basically, there's three areas where I track my followings, um, my general listeners, which, like I said, was about 650 at the in, at the current time. Um, but I also track my Twitter followers and my YouTube subscribers. So my YouTube subscribers just passed around 200, and I'm trying to get that number over about a thousand, somewhere in the thousand to five thousand range. But ideally, I need to hit a thousand to start monetizing through through YouTube. Um, and, and then on Twitter, I'm currently at 1,300, uh, which is good because my goal for the year was to hit 1,000. But my, my medium-term goal is to exceed 10,000. And I think 10,000 is an important threshold with Twitter. 5,000 an important threshold for the podcast overall and, and 1,000 for YouTube because each of those mediums have different level of touchstone. So um, Twitter is the least connected method that which I can connect with you because if you're listening you know if you're a follower on Twitter you might have just seen one post of mine liked it and subscribed and, and and followed me to see if I post anything else but if you're listening to the podcast you're really understanding in detail all of my thoughts my ideas and stuff so that's a longer form content and it's a deeper connection so in order to still get value from a connection on Twitter it's uh, it's a lower value than it is of like a podcast subscriber. So I'm aiming to exceed 10,000 followers on Twitter because I think that's a general threshold I need to hit to again achieve these goals I have of launching, you know, into the investment management business. Um so so I've done 100 episodes and one of the thoughts I wanted to think about was, you know, where do I want to be 100 episodes from now? And I've talked a little bit about those numbers, and 100 episodes is about two years. Ideally, I'd hit those numbers I just talked about within two years. I'll hit 1,000 YouTube subscribers. I'd hit 5,000 regular listeners um, to the podcast, and I'll hit 10,000 followers on Twitter. Um, and that'd be by episode 200. Um, what I struggle with is whether that's achievable and whether that's going to happen or not. And it's really, for me, comes down to, well, how many episodes do I plan to eventually create? Well, in a, in a, in a positive sense, on a vision type sense, I would like to be producing podcast episodes um, indefinitely. Um, it, it would be great to be sitting here um you know, seven, eight years from now and, and, and be producing my, or yeah, seven to nine years, you know, nine years from now and be producing, is my math wrong? Yeah, my math's wrong. But like, you know, if I think about, you know, the next 10, 15, 20 years, it'd be really cool to produce, you know, a thousand episodes to hit that mark of a thousand episodes. And, and if you do that once a week, you're talking quite a long time. Um, you know, 18 years from now or something along those lines. Is that achievable? I don't know. I mean, like I said, in order to continue doing this show in the long term, and of course what I just said is the long term, I need to, I need to make it financially, um, successful. And, and right now the show is not financially successful. Um, it is successful in, in helping building, um, connections. It is successful 
in in sourcing some investment ideas, but it's not financially successful. Um, and I need to hit higher numbers and I need a bigger audience or I, or I need a higher number of my audience to become patrons. So my audience size is big enough. If I have, um, you know, 10% of my audience were patrons, then, then that's a good, that's a big deal. But right now it's about 1% of my audience is patrons, um, which is normal. Um, but if I had a higher, you know, breakthrough rate there, then, then that could help me become financially successful with the podcast. But right now, you know, it continues to be a negative cash flow business and I need that to turn positive and hopefully substantially. So if I'm still going to be doing this podcast five, 10, 15 years from now, um, I'd like to, I like producing the content. I think it's fun to provide this educational resource, especially to provide it in a free manner, because I know that not everyone can afford to pay for investing education. And I think it's great to produce it free, but it also means that those that can afford to pay for it, um, would either have to support it slightly more and subsidize those or just, you know, find some way to give back to help me continue producing the show in the long term. Um, so again, you know, give me your feedback, Trey at DIYinvesting.org. Let me know your thoughts. I wanted to cover a couple other things. Um, I've encouraged you before to start an investing blog. Um, if you're interested in do so, I just wanted to name off a few quick resources that I use. And if you're willing to start a, an investing blog yourself that I can, that I think you should use. Um, I use WP engine to produce my, my blog. Um, and I'm going to provide an affiliate link in the show notes. So if you, if you use my link to sign up for WP engine, you'll get a discount on your hosting fees. Um, and it'll be cheaper to host your website than it otherwise would if you use my link. And of course I get a commission at no cost to you if you do so. Um, I use WordPress. Um, this is a general platform that WP engine specializes in, in order to host blogs. And then I use the Genesis framework, which again, WP engine has partnered with studio press. I think they merged at some point, um, which is the main, the creator of the Genesis framework. And that allows you to produce your, your blog. So affiliate links for those will be in the show notes. And so if you would like to start a blog and you want to use the same publisher or use the same hosting service that I use, I use WP engine. And if you sign up through those links, then, um, one, you get a discount and two, I get a commission and that can support the show. If you'd like to start your own podcast, I recommend using Libsyn. Now this is not the one commonly um, recommended nowadays, but it's always been recommended to those who have any interest in growing the show over a long period of time. It's, it's, it's one of the older ones. Um, they have a lot of great resources. Um, the big difference is that it doesn't start free. Um, it's cheap. You can, you can basically for $5 a month, you can get started publishing episodes every month. Um, and I like it. I've had great use for it. I've used Libsyn the entire time I've done this podcast. No affiliate link. There's no commission, you know, for using them, but I like Libsyn. I think they work, um, quite well. I've had no issues and they have pretty good support when I have had to use support. Um, but that's not been often. Um, I use a, a higher costing plan because of the size of the podcast I have, the number of shows I produce, that sort of thing. Um, but you can get started for a, a, as easy, you know, for a lot cheaper. Um, 
So, and I encourage it. If you, if you, if you want to document your thoughts through a podcast and not a blog, that's a great way to do that. Um, usually you will also probably partner with a blog in order to get the most success. And that's what I do. I end up doing both. Um, and so that I can host the episodes, not just through Libsyn, but also on my personal blog. Um, so one thing I wanted to mention too was, you know, how can you support the show? So I recognize, you know, I talked a little bit about Patreon and my patron patronage program where you can support the show directly, you know, $5 a month, $10 a month, $25 a month. Um, however you think is best in terms of the value that I provide you. But I recognize that not everyone can support the show financially as a patron, but there are other ways to financially support the show without actually giving me any money. Um, one of those ways is through your Amazon purchases. So if you're like me, you like to buy a lot of stuff from Amazon. I am an Amazon affiliate, which means that if you buy your stuff from Amazon after you click the link on my website, then I receive a commission for those purchases. So on the top left-hand corner of my my blog at DIYinvesting.org, there is um, a little thing that says the book that I'm currently reading. If you click on the book that I'm currently reading, it will take you to a page where the book is. But you're now on Amazon, and on Amazon, you can search for anything that you want to buy. And if you buy anything from Amazon, um, well, not anything, but if you buy certain things like books, um, there's other categories. I don't know what they all are. Um, some categories are included, some aren't. But if you buy stuff from Amazon after clicking on the link on my website, then I would get a commission for sending you to Amazon. Um, so if you're buying stuff like you would normally, but you'd like to still support the show and you can't afford to send me any money directly, but you want to support the show, consider using that link on my website um, by clicking the book that I'm currently reading and that'll take you to Amazon. And then I think it's for like the next 24 hours. Um, anything you buy within the next 24 hours from Amazon, as long as you don't click another link to go to Amazon, um, would provide a commission to me as a percentage of that purchase, which is maybe it's up 1% or 2% of the purchase or something like that. It's pretty small, but, um, that, that's a, that would help support the show if you choose to do that. Another way is on my website. Again, the left-hand side, um, on a desktop would be as if you, um, if you were to create a blog using that WP engine coupon link that I have on the left-hand side of my website or in the, in the show notes. And again, an Amazon link will also be in the show notes that if you just click that link and go to Amazon, the same thing would occur. Um, but if you sign up for a WP engine to create a blog and you use my coupon code, um, or a coupon link, then that supports the show and I receive a commission. The last way that I think would be that I think a lot of people could relate to is if you're buying anything else online. So if you're shopping anywhere other than Amazon, um, there's a website that I use for my own shopping called Mr. Rebates. And this is a pretty cool website where you can earn cash back on all your online shopping or most of your online shopping. If you first go to Mr. Rebates, sign up for an account and then use that, um, use that service to funnel your clicks to go to your website. So if you want to go to, you know, buy something from, from Walmart or Gap or Brooks Brothers or anything, uh, I'm blanking on names of other stores right now. But, it, you know, I think might even have eBay or, or different places. If you want to buy something from a website, 
you can use Mr. Rebates and basically they'll give you a cash back on any of your online purchases in addition to any cash back you would normally get from a credit card or on your line miles or something like that. So basically you might get 3% of the, of the purchase cost given to you as cash back or 5% or 10% or 2% or 1%, whatever it may be. If you sign up for that Mr. Rebates account by using the link on my website or the link that I'll provide in the show notes, then I'll get a commission for when you sign up for that account. So it doesn't impact the cash back you get. I think you get a $5 bonus if you sign up using my link um, when you sign up. So so when you make your first purchase, you'll get that um, through that link. And again, it doesn't add any cost to your purchases. It just gives me a commission for when you sign up for that account. So that's Mr. Rebates. And again, the link will be in the show notes and the link will also be on my website, the left-hand side. So those are some of the affiliate programs I work with. If you want to support the show, you can't support it directly, but you can support it through your online shopping or through your Amazon purchases. But that Mr. Rebates one is cool because you also get cash back. So those are just some ideas. Um, trying to spread those around so that people can support the show if they would like to without spending any money. So we're reaching kind of the end of my thoughts here. Again, you know, my web, my email address is Trey at DIYinvesting.org. I want to hear from you. I want to hear from my audience and I want your feedback. So if there's anything else you take away from this whole episode, please consider sending me an email, giving me your feedback, encouragement, any of your thoughts from anything that I've said today, um, that feedback will help me. I appreciate it. Even if you say, hey, this was a terrible episode, just just let me know what you're thinking. Um, I want to hear from my audience. The hardest thing from being a podcaster is that I don't get to hear from my audience nearly enough, and the feedback loop is really slow. Now, I understand the the likelihood that most of you are still listening at 52 minutes is pretty low, but I know some of you probably still are. So I appreciate that. Um, I appreciate you spending your time listening to me. I hope that the show is useful to you. I hope that I am producing good content for you. You know, my best takeaways after 100 episodes is that I've met a lot of great investors and I've started to build a network of like-minded peers. And one of the things that I really think about, you know, I've talked about how I don't know if the podcast has really been financially successful yet. And it's not, you know, it's, it's cash flow negative and that's all true. But one of the things I think about is it's really hard to put a tangible number on the value of like a good stock idea. So if I'm doing my job, I'm helping you get better at finding stock ideas. I'm helping inspire you. I'm helping you think through investments. And I think there's value in that. But I think about there's at least one stock idea, one stock that I currently own today that, or at least the day that I'm recording this, but I think I'm highly confident I'll still own it um, when this podcast comes out. There's at least one good stock idea that I wouldn't have had if I didn't host this podcast. You know, I learned it from one of my podcast guests. And since making that investment, I've earned thousands of dollars from that one idea. So even though the show itself may be cash flow negative, by being the podcast host, by building this audience, by connecting with you, my listeners, connecting with my podcast guests, I've gained value because I've identified investments that I wouldn't have otherwise had. So I think there, there's certainly value there. I, I really enjoy doing this podcast. Um, 
I am scared to have been as honest and forthright as I had in this podcast. And I, I'm not sure what that, how that's going to be received. But I think it's important at least once every 100 episodes to kind of peel back the curtain, talk about the behind the scenes, and um, see how I'm feeling, how I'm thinking about the, the future of this show. I like doing this show. I want this show to be around years from now. Um, and I think if we all work together, um, if you're enjoying this podcast and you share it with your friends, um, you leave your reviews on the podcast, you promote it when I have a good show that's put out, I think we can get it there. So that's the episode. Those are my thoughts after a hundred episodes. Let's hope that I will still be doing this a hundred episodes from now. And, and, um, maybe there's a chance that I'll be doing it, uh, at episode a thousand. So the full show notes for this episode, including my outline for the podcast, will be available at DIYinvesting.org slash episode 100. Links to everything I talked about um, today, all the ways that you can support the show, all of the um, the links to the Patreon, the links to um, my affiliate link to Amazon, my affiliate link for WP Engine with the coupon, um, my affiliate link to Mr. Rebates, all of those stuff will be in the show notes, um, and you can click those links to support the show that way. Um, if you have any feedback, send that feedback to Trey at DIYinvesting.org. I'd love to hear from you. Thank you for listening. And until next time, stop paying fees, start building wealth. The DIY Investing Podcast is presented for general informational and entertainment purposes only. I have not considered your specific situation or risk profile, and I have not provided investment advice. The information presented on the DIY Investing Podcast should not be construed as investment advice. The views and opinions expressed on the DIY Investing Podcast are those of the participants and do not necessarily reflect those of the show's host or sponsors. DIY Investing, its producers, sponsors, and host, Trey Henniger, shall not be liable for losses resulting from investment decisions based upon information or viewpoints presented on the DIY Investing Podcast.